1: Alright, I'll do Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on Us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of forty-five dollars equivalent to fifteen dollars per month. Unlimited over forty gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at four eighty P. Active Mint customers by 53124. Get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply. If rated PG. Letty's is dating her now. He's dating Wait, he her. That's not okay. She's much younger what?
0: than me. What? 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 Oh my God! No. She's been
1: lurking around. She's just been at uh, parties not really. in my house. He's dating her. He's telling me to my face. I'm dating her. This is going to be my girlfriend. I'm divorcing you. No, Lisa. That's not okay. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. Is he still in your same house? Okay. No, no, no. will be in your house? What? Why is he still no, there? No, I no can't. he wants to kick me. Off. Ah! Something is going on. He said, no. You need to go find a home. What? what? Are you in the what? kiss. I'm what about a home for his kids? Big... Oh my god. He oh, lost his oh. mind. This is one of the lowest lows I have ever experienced in my
0: life. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Everyone's Business, but mine with me, Cara Berry. It is Friday, so it is our Housewives episode. However, uh, our usual Potomac and Salt Lake were not on air, so I decided this would be a great time to do like a crash course about what's going on with the ladies over in Miami um this is going to be for the first six episodes I wasn't sure if they were airing episode seven uh over this week but I had to record this beforehand regardless so yeah um wow I'm shocked at how much better this is definitely their best season yet hands down bar none um wow who thought uh, Lisa Hochstein would get such a wild. I mean, I, it's an understatement to call it a storyline because it's very much her life, but like, God, who expected her life would be such a mess. And thank God for it. Thank you, Lenny, for doing all of this when cameras were up. You, Lenny, you're an evil, evil man. But thank you for doing this with your microphone on. Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, Larsa, I have to make some statements about Larsa that I never thought I would say. Um, There's just a lot of good here. You know, I'm going to go by my old uh, rules like I did with 90 Day Fiancé or Married at First Sight, going from least interesting to most interesting. So we're going to start with Marisol, okay? You guys, I don't like Marisol. I don't understand. I think we're really riding high on the strength of Mama Elsa here. I She's got nothing. She's about as empty as those cups that she keeps sucking on, and I can't take it. I, really, like, we don't see much of her going on in the first six episodes, which I guess is why she doesn't have a, a mojito. Um Except she does. She, like, quite literally has a cocktail in her hands at all times. And I'm really wrestling, and I think a lot of you guys are too, with... Is this something that she thinks is cute and that we think is cute and therefore she keeps this, like, oh, ha, ha I'm a functioning alcoholic thing going? Or is this, like, something she actually has an issue with and she's trying to make it look cute? I'm, I would be willing to entertain both options. Either way, deeply uncomfortable. Also, it's just, like, not funny. And not even in a way that's, like, oh, I'm being a, you know, crazy coastal elite who thinks that substance abuse isn't funny no like genuinely taking all of it away taking all of my scruples away like it's just genuinely i and she's not funny she's not a funny person i don't think she's cute if like i'm now triggered every time i hear a straw what i call a straw scratch you know like when you like lift it up and down in the cup yeah and it makes that horrible noise get her out of here no thank you what, who is Marisol in this Like, I, wh- do people, like, actually like her? I don't really talk about Miami much, but, like, do people actually like her? Because, well, let me move on. Next, let's get into Gertie, who I like a lot more than Marisol, but still, like, babe, you don't really have a storyline. We start off the episode, the first couple episodes of the season, rather, uh, with her beef with Alexia, and I still can't really make sense of it. It seems as though Alexia made mention in the same paragraph or sentence uh, a party that Gertie held. Because Gertie's, you know, a world-class party planner. She's gotten her face into Vogue at this point. She's, like, living the life as the top party planner in Miami, I guess. But she's got beef with Alexia. Because last season, Alexia was going to hire her to plan her wedding. And then things didn't really go They didn't really work out. Everything just kind of fizzled out. Obviously, we know Alexia didn't end up getting married in the way she thought she did because her mother passed away on her wedding day. On her wedding day, y'all. So they ended up having a private ceremony um, in, like, the Palmas or Turks or wherever. Somewhere on a beach, right? Um, So now Alexia wants to plan a party, you know wedding reception kind of thing on the yacht that they were going to originally get married on. Alexia wants to hire Gertie, but Gertie doesn't want to say things at first, but she tells us that she's really feeling some type of way about Alexia because Alexia talked about a party that she planned. Like I said, at the Versace man- mansion, I think this may have been for Marisol or Adriana, somebody's birthday to the uh, uh, event that she held and, to honor her late brother and I think nieces and nephews that also passed right in Haiti. So she's mad at her because she feels like Alexia compared the two when that is highly disrespectful because this was like an emotional event to honor her brother. What? (laughs) Like, I don't, I think this is like a total miscommunication. I don't, even I mean Alexia I don't like I'm coming to find out I don't think we would mesh I don't think we would get along I don't think we um yeah yikes we'll get into Alexia but um I don't think that Alexia was trying to be offensive in this thing and I feel like if you really were that mad about it and you thought that she was being disrespectful towards your departed brother I feel like you would have had more energy to at least confront her about it or, you know, not like walk around it and then have this like limp conversation about it later. I just don't feel like it was that deep. I feel like she was just trying to be like, oh, let me talk about something. Anyway, moving quickly on to Dr. Nicole, who's actually my fave. I She's like a candy to me. She's just very even-tempered you know, just kind of is, you know, gets along with everybody, but like, don't fuck with me. And she always has receipts and she'll always check the fuck out of somebody respectfully. And I like that. And I also think that that's probably why Marisol doesn't like Nicole because Marisol is a stunt queen. She's a faker. She's a fraud. She's a phony. Um, and you can't tell, like, everything she does that we're seeing on TV is fake to me. Like, you can't tell me differently. That's, that's my opinion, right? But Nicole, I think she knows, sees right through that shit. And is actually able to be herself and be honest. And I think that really pisses Marisol off. So that's kind of why I like Nicole even more, honestly. Last season was Nicole's first. And she uh, kind of made a storyline slash let the ladies make a storyline of the fact that she was in a long-term relationship with Anthony, her boyfriend at the time, but they were not engaged. They were not talking about marriage. They had a kid. She's perfectly fine. Doesn't need the ring on her finger. They'd both been married before. No big deal. A couple of the ladies tried to poke holes in that situation and, you know, act like that was weird or something was going on. But lo and behold, she pops up on this season with a ring on her finger, totally engaged, excited, excited, What have you, you guys do. Listen, I really like I said, I actually really like Nicole. But, you know, maybe it's the Tom Girardi of it all. Maybe it's the Giudice of it all. Maybe it's the Chrisley of it all. But I just don't understand how Anthony has this much money. How do we have private jet with our business logo on the side money? Like, I don't know. Like I said, maybe it's the Housewife and the Hustler that I special that I watch, but it just feels I itch a little bit at the idea of a, a lawyer having that much money. Just something in the milk ain't clean with that with me. Like, I know that they make good money, but I also know that there's like a cap where it's getting weird. And with me, it's getting weird with Anthony. And I'm just nervous. Like... I hope that he is actually, all of his uh, money is financially solvent and we're not going to have to release any tax returns. And, you know, listen, Nicole seems to be doing well on her own. I just, you know, I'm concerned. I'm concerned. And I actually like Anthony too. I think they're like a good couple, a hot couple. They're a threesome couple, you know, the kind of couple where you see them and you're like, oh yeah, I bet they have good sex. Or like, oh yeah, like if they were to ask me to have a threesome with, me like I wouldn't be as creeped out you know I'd be like oh that's like actually a compliment probably not gonna do it but you know thank you so another issue that Nicole seems to be having is with her dad this is something that we saw last season where he embarrassed the fuck out of her by showing up to a lunch pissy drunk and be like I'm I'm totally so Nicole what are you talking about I'm fine pissy right and embarrassed her like so sad they'd had a contentious relationship she had been trying to make it work this was going to be the conversation in which that was going to happen but no the man is full he's 40 proof at this point and you know things just seemingly went downhill from there and they're not really talking so we see a lot more of doctor Nicole's mother who's trying to facilitate the relationship between Nicole and her dad even though they're divorced, they still have a very close relationship, I guess. Um, so, yeah, not great. Not great. First, she encourages Nicole, you know, I think you should have another conversation with your father. Nicole then tells some of the ladies about the situation and... Alexia has some pretty strong opinions on the whole thing. She at one point calls her a snotty little daughter, a snotty little girl or something. And Alexia just has very old school values. The very, especially when it comes with parenting of just, grin and bear it. These are your parents. They brought you into this world. You need to respect them at all costs. It doesn't matter how they treat you or what they say to you. Just take it on the chin and, you know, keep them in your lives. Now, granted, Alexi is also coming from a place of both of her parents have passed away. And, You know, you just never know how much time you have with your parent. And, you know, that is completely fair and valid. However, to call Nicole a little brat because her dad's a fucking asshole is truly something else. Like, we also have to understand that we need to protect our peace. We need to have boundaries. And not everybody's good for you, even if they're your parent. Some people are toxic. And they don't really deserve to be in your life at a certain point. And I think that this is what's happening with Nicole and her father. So we see another conversation. So Nicole's mom tells Nicole, encourages her to talk to her father. But then we find out that Nicole's mom actually had the conversation with her dad, was like, hey, I talked to Nicole. Here's where we're at, right? Ooh, this man. Her mom starts off by saying, you know, we talked. He's definitely open to reconciling, but he has a couple of stipulations. So her father said to her mother that he's willing to change some things about his life, but he's not going to change who he is at all. Don't ask me. Not going to happen. Never going to happen. And at this point, his happiness and his life comes first, and he doesn't really care about that. If, if anything's in the way of that, he's not interested. He's also got this girlfriend that Nicole apparently doesn't like and doesn't want to have around. And so now he's put his foot down and gave her an ultimatum of if it's going to be an issue with her coming to family gatherings, don't worry about it. Neither of us are going to be there. So all of these rules, all of these rules. So Nicole says in a confessional that her dad would intentionally leave her out of things. Like... Growing up, she has a brother. The brother would get to go to the Super Bowl every year. But she would, like, he would just give her crumbs. And so this is, like, a long-standing situation. Whatever the hell is wrong with her dad, cut him loose. This is rotten fruit. Just cut it from the vine. Not good. Not good. And that really fucking sucks. That really sucks. But, you know... It is what it is. He's clearly made his choice. He's made his choice that his uh, son and his ex-wife, seemingly, and his girlfriend are all more important than his relationship with his daughter. Um, because, frankly, I mean, let's be real here. It's easier that way. Like, it's easier for him to continue to be an asshole than to have to confront the fact that he was an asshole. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like... To he could, to in 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 order for them to have a healthy relationship, he's going to have to admit a lot of things about himself and how he treated her. And so it's just better to just keep the wall up and be a dickhead than have to realize and take accountability for yourself. So fuck him. I got one middle finger up right now. All right, let's move on to Adriana, who I also don't particularly care for. She also just comes off as very fake to me. <sighs> this really sucks. i feel like this is the issue that i really had with miami is that i i'm fine with a loathsome unlikable person on television but it has to be a certain kind of dislike like i dislike ramona as a person but she's enjoyable to watch if i compartmentalize it as a housewife whereas Like, I know I would literally never want to be even in a, if I'm in a room with Ramona Singer that doesn't involve both of us getting paid, then I'm in the wrong room. I'm scared and I want to leave. But something about Marisol and Adriana, I can't even enjoy watching them on television. Like, I just, I don't want to kick it with them in real life. I don't want to kick it with them on my couch in my living room. So anyway, let's get into what Adriana's up to. Really not much. Not really not much. So she had two guys that were clearly for the show that she were like, Hey, would you be willing to act like we're a thing on camera? And they were like, yeah. So one of those guys, I think his name was Jack or something, Jacob maybe. Um, and he was, you know, uh, biracial with a moto jacket and, you know, kind of doing a Lenny Kravitz thing, kind of not because who could ever do Lenny Kravitz outside of Lenny. But they had a thing, I guess he flew to New York with her or he happened to be there for when she was taping the reunion and he was backstage. She was like, Oh yeah, he's reached my four month rule, which she had of like, I want to date for four months before I let, you know, let you open the cookie. But things have taken a turn with them, real bad, real bad. Uh, apparently after New York, he flipped the switch real hard and ended up posting this very unflattering picture of her I guess a before and after the the before being she says this was right after she had gotten a divorce so I guess that meant she looked really bad I don't know but in the caption he said something about popping her cherry which is weird like I'll give it to you Adriana that's fucking weird that is really weird it's it's like gross and strange and like how old are you bro popping her cherry yuck for your own clout and you for your own no that's fucking weird so at um martina navratilova julia's wife had a art an art opening last season adriana brings two dates jacob And another guy named Terry, right? And so now we've moved on from fake Jacob and now we're moving to fake Terry. She's kind of flirting with it. Like, oh yeah, we're talking. He shows up at an event with her uh, to Alexia's wedding or reception, whatever. And uh, things come out, things come out. So they later talk about him after that. And somebody asks, is Terry single? And Adriana says, I think so. So, <laughs> how long have you known this man? I think so. Have you not been to his house? Like, I this is a dating I don't understand. People who, I, and this tends to happen to, like, older people. Um, Were they, like, just really... Their version of dating is so non-committal committal and, non- and so, like, hands-off in a way that I'm too nosy for that. Like, I'm, I mean, I don't think it's unfair to just want to know if somebody's married. <laughs> that seems like a fair question. Seems like a first date question. Seems like a pre-date question, right? Seems like something I would really want to be sure of, at least 75% sure of, before I actually dated or, like, claimed this man on national television. But Adriana, I guess, has not done her due diligence. Um, Alexia has. And so she's like, oh, yeah, girl, I heard he was married. I heard he had three kids. Um You need to check on that, frankly. You really do. Alexia very fairly, I think, says, I'm just trying to look out for my girl. But Adriana has this weird reaction to it. She was like, Alexia has the man of her dreams. She has Todd, her husband, why is she wanting to figure out what's going on in my life? And it's like, well, because you might be with a married man. Why are you take? She's looking out for you. Later, it comes out that Alexia reveals to the rest of the ladies that it was Marisol who told her that Terry was married. We don't really find out. I guess this is going to be addressed at some point later in the season. So then... Later, Adriana at uh, Larsa's uh, dog's birthday party, we'll talk about that in a second, she announces, hey guys, I'm just wanting to let you know that I think I want to get a BBL, a Brazilian butt lift. And Larsa, not only do I want you to support me, I want you to go down to these consultations with me and really, like, be there. And everybody's looking at her like, what? Because... As we remember, recall, Adriana had a lot to say about um, Lars's ass and how unnatural it looked and how it looked like the planet Moon and all this nasty stuff. But now you're interested in getting a BBL and you want Larsa's support, the girl that you clowned on. <laughs> you want her to pop down to Palm Beach with you and go to the consultations? No. Even Larsa has to take her aside and be like, this is weird. I think it's very strange that you would even ask me or even think that it would be reasonable for me to do any of this with you when you really had a lot of things to say about my body. So I think I might pass on that. Later, Alexia gets even stranger because they go to Key West, right? And it happens to fall on Alexia's birthday. During this birthday dinner, Alexia gets a video from her husband, Todd, who says, oh, I have a present for you. And it's this Bulgari watch, this wraparound watch that all the ladies seem to have. Lisa's got one. Adriana's like, oh, I have that, too. So Adriana says in a confessional, um, you know, the difference between my watch and Alexia's watch is that I bought my watch. as though this is like, I just checked her ma'am, she got this as a birthday present from her husband. Like, wh- what's the flex on your part? <laughs> it's a gift. Like, she's trying to apply that, like, Alexia's broke or that she couldn't possibly get this without Todd. But the thing is, she doesn't have to worry about that because that's her husband. So, <laughs> Gotcha. <laughs> So after Alexia puts the watch on, she kind of talks about how life has always worked out for her, how she's never really had to worry about her home or buying a car or anything like that. Like, and so Adriana says, "Well, you have a $25,000 watch on your wrist. You wouldn't have bought for yourself on your birthday." And Alexia goes, "Actually, it's 50,000, and I got this from my husband." So I don't What's your point here? (laughs) So then Adriana tries to make a point about how it's hypocritical of uh, Alexia. It's hypocritical of Alexia to accept gifts when she talks about being an independent woman. This is a birthday gift from her husband. She's not like doing something strange for uh, Tom Girardi You know, in order to, like, get a little watch here and there. This isn't, like, a Lala and Randall situation. This is her husband that she's been with for years. Like, and you look goofy acting like she's a loser (laughs) for this. You look like a loser and a hater and single. And I'm saying this as a single hating loser woman myself. All right, let's move on to Adriana's partner in crime, Julia. Julia's really leaning into being Yolanda Hadid 2.0 with her farm. And I'm just a European model from the 90s who's now looking for a simpler way of life. That's all I could ever ask for. She and Martini, Martini, (laughs) she and Martina are now empty nesters. One of her daughters is an adult, the other one's living in France with her daddy as she finishes high school, and they're struggling. Julia and Martina are really struggling. Part of uh, Julia's, like, I'm trying to get my groove back and get my life back in order is by asking Kiki, who's another top tier for me. I love her. Get that girl a mojito. But Kiki, the model, she gets uh, on the phone with her agent. They have a meeting. By the way, did anybody feel like Kiki's agent looked like, uh, do you remember the little boy from A League of Their Own? Like the little snotty boy was like, and and then he grew up and he came to the Hall of Fame after, like the museum. He looked like him. (laughs) Real specific niche reference, but I couldn't take my eyes off of him. Anyway, they're trying to get back into, uh, get Julia back into the modeling game. You know, she's a woman of a certain age. I thought she also made a good, great point of, you know, when I started my career, I, there's no chance in hell I could be the Russian lesbian model. I definitely had to be in the closet. So, uh, you know, to now be able to be her full self and you know embrace all of those things is like a beautiful thing so back to her relationship with martina i felt like julia was being pretty transparent about the fact that she doesn't want to be with martina anymore like i'm reading between the lines but the lines are bigger you know than the other parts the words are (laughs) Reading between the lines, whatever's whatever's between the lines is big. Never mind. Anyway, um, she kind of says, I, I feel like Julia's eighty percent there. She talks about how you know dealing with being having the kids out of the house. She's kind of looking at Martina like a lot of parents tend to do. Like, oh, we stopped raising our kids every day. Oh, you're here and you're my partner. How do we figure out our relationship now that we're not actively parenting, right? Um, so there's that, but she also says that she ends up telling Nicole at one point that Martina behind the scenes is really pissed. She's put her foot down. She has told Julia over and over again that Julia's withholding her affections and she doesn't like it, and if it continues, she's out. So to me, Julia keeps attributing her disconnect from Martina with the fact that she misses her daughters, but I also feel like it might be just two separate issues happening at the same time. She's dealing with the empty nest syndrome, but she also doesn't find herself attracted to Martina anymore. And I think she's conflating the two of them when I think that they're two very different things happening at the same time. And another indication of this is uh, at one point her daughter, I think her name's Emma, Ends up coming back, the daughter who's finishing high school in France, she comes back to Miami having a conversation with her mom. And her mom's like, Oh, I miss you so much, my baby, I miss you. Please come back, blah blah blah. Her, Emma goes, Mom, I don't think you've even been to a parent teacher conference since I've been in six, since I was in sixth grade. Do you even know the name of the school that I go to? And Julia has to be like, uh, no you know i speak a lot of languages it gets lost in translation girl no (laughs) no (laughs) because i've seen you speak french several times a season now so you don't even know the name of the school she goes to but we're supposed to act like oh you can't deal with being away from them you're not even like active you even when she was there you weren't actively (laughs) there her which is why she probably went to France anyway and why she was like don't count on me coming back my senior year girl I want an active parent so I'm gonna fuck off to France did anybody think that was weird like it's weird for a mother to not know the name of her child's school right that seems like profoundly strange so uh, first of all Julia's getting it in the beginning of the season from Larsa because there was some sort of Instagram exchange in which Larsa called Julia weird, but they end up making up. But then another thing happens when they're on their trip to Key West. Alexia. They have a conversation and it's brought up. That they're playing something called Bad Words. I think this is another like fucked up game that Marisol brought to the group to sow discord and have people fight, which is exactly what happened. So during this, one of the questions It's kind of like, um, what's that card game? Like, uh, uh, you know, with the bad one. I mean, it's a good one, but it's like bad thing, naughty thing, whatever. You know what I'm talking about? Um, Cards Against Humanity. So. One of the questions was like, oh, who in the group is most likely to be a sex worker, a prostitute, right? And Alexei goes, oh, uh, Julia, because she's Russian, right? Like, isn't that what Russian women do best? Or something along those lines. And Julia's like, "Uh, excuse the fuck out of me, Miss Mama. Where are you going with this? And so Alexia tries to clean it up and be like, oh, you know, don't be offended. We decided at the beginning of this game that um, nobody was going to be offended, so you can't be offended. And even Marisol goes, um, that wasn't one of the rules, actually. <laughs> and then she kind of lamely throws out that maybe she's just mad at Russian people because Lenny's half Russian. More on that later. But, girl, bad excuse. So the next day, they all stop by uh, this, like, side place to get a, um, like, a little cafe to get some Cuban coffees. And Alexia tries to tell Julia, like, yo, I'm sorry. Like, I didn't mean to say that, you know. But it is sort of like a typical profession of Russian women. So, like, I just don't really know why you're offended. They're really good at it. That's why so many of them do it. (laughs) And Julia's like, that's not true, you're just making up a stereotype. Like, this is really fucked up. And Alexia, you were sitting at this table, kiki keying and laughing about your ex-husband being a drug dealer. That's an actual real thing that he went to prison for. Whereas you're just calling me a prostitute simply on the basis that I'm Russian or that you're, like, mad at Lenny or something. Like, that's really fucked up really fucked up i had to deal with this in the modeling industry you know in the very beginning of people making assumptions that i was a sex worker like i'm not doing this like it's really fucked up it's really fucked up so then alexia goes back to the sprinter and explains to everybody that the reason why she made that assumption about russian women is because she saw a documentary it's that time of the year your vacation is coming up by learning positive coping skills and all the tools you need to help you be the best version of yourself. BetterHelp is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. So you can just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash everyone's business today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H E L P.com slash everyone's business. She saw a documentary about uh, women, Russian women, coming to the United States and intentionally hooking up with men and getting pregnant so that they can get a green card. So that's what the information that she's running on. So Adriana sticks up for Julia by being like, oh, well, there's a documentary on Netflix called Cocaine Cowboys. Should we talk about your husband? I mean, what Alexia said was just like, ooh, straight up Trump 2024 talking points. See, like, you're not allowed to be offended. I'm just making jokes. Why can't you take it? Um, oh, oh, but then constantly moving the goalposts. I'm mad because of this. Like, I'm just painting broad brushstrokes about Russian women because I'm mad at Lenny being half Russian. Girl, What? This woman is on a trip for her 55th birthday. Weird. Let's uh, talk about Alexia while we're on her. So she, uh, we find out, had gotten married by the premiere three months prior to Todd in a private island wedding. She's like, we should have done this years ago. Really? She's really happy with him. Like I said, she decides to have this bigger kind of reception party on the yacht that they were going to get married on originally. And I will say it was cute. I really don't care about weddings very much, but I will say it was really cute that Todd did a speech and he talked about the first time he met Alexia, how she gave him a business card and how strange he thought that was and how um, he pulled it out and he had kept it all these years. And even she didn't know. Isn't that cute? It seems like Todd, Alexia, and Alexia's sons are all in a much better space since, you know, they had to cancel their original wedding because her mom died that day. Um, the clear and obvious issues between Todd and Peter in which he told Peter, uh, you fight me, I'll fight you back. Don't worry about that. Uh, He went off on Alexia for her parenting of Frankie, who has a traumatic brain injury, who she basically, or Todd, rather, was basically like, you're not an active enough parent. Frankie should be way more ahead in terms of his therapy, but you're not doing shit for him. And Peter, you're fucked up because you gave Frankie some weed and he ended up passing out or something. And it was a whole situation. But... (laughs) I guess they decided love wins. (laughs) How you come back from calling me a bad mama, I don't know. I mean, I'm not one, but I just can't imagine you being my soon-to-be husband being like, you are a terrible parent. You don't do shit for your kids, and they're suffering because of it. Woo! Woo, okay. (laughs) This man deadass was like very... uh, Peter, I will fight you. Don't come for me. Because I'll settle this like a man. Like, he was really, like, ready to engage in fisticuffs with your older son. Uh, girl. So, speaking of Peter, Alexia's dealing with a situation because the news came out between seasons that Peter had gotten arrested for misdemeanor battery with uh, his girlfriend. So... Alexia says that the situation was that Peter Peter's had a lot of struggles with uh, substance abuse. He's been arrested before, um, I believe, for domestic violence against uh, ex-girlfriends. I don't think this is new to him. He's been in trouble, and he's been having issues with his sobriety. So um, Alexia paints this as this is Peter being a good boy. He's on the straight and narrow. He finds himself in a situation in which his girlfriend is wasted and trying to get in the car. He's trying to prevent her from driving. It's starting to escalate. Alexia says that Peter calls her and says, yo, I need you to be here because I feel like this might go left. And it did. So he ends up getting arrested. He ends up getting these charges against him. And the situation is... That he is still with this girlfriend. And so now it's bad because Alexia definitely does not think they should be together, but he's made his choice and she doesn't want it to affect her relationship with Peter. So she meets up with Peter for lunch and Peter looked uh, sleepy. Sleepy. He said that he had been up since one o'clock that morning, but. I don't know. He seemed at times very wild eyed and also like he was about to pass out at the same time. We'll move on. They have a conversation where Alexia says, you know, like, I just don't want anything to come between our relationship in the past with your grandma, my mom she didn't approve of your dad. She knew like Herman. She doesn't like Todd apparently or didn't like Todd. And basically every major relationship that Alexia had, her mom didn't approve of. And it caused a great strain. And she's like, I don't want that to happen with us. Peter says, I don't want it to happen with us either, but I need you to know that this already has been happening with all my girlfriends. You've been an issue. It's been a problem. Uh, between me and my girlfriends and like I can't do that I don't want to do that anymore and you know you need to stop being really defensive about me and my relationships so you know Alexia this is not a good season for her Uh, you might want to take this watch and go (laughs) I don't know if this is working out I don't know if like you, your family should be on television Peter definitely shouldn't be I don't think um there's a darkness there, and also like what Alexia said about Julia was just like Ugh, yuck mouth, bad taste in my mouth because of that. I will say that Alexia did make me laugh one time because she discovered in real time that the name Carl exists. And she's like, I've heard the name Carol, Carl. That's not a real name. <laughs> she says in a confessional, I don't like that name. Look at how many faces I have to make to make the form the name Carl. Ew. <laughs> she lived her whole life and didn't know that Carl was the name. That really killed me. All right, y'all. Let's move on to Larsa. <sighs> I, some of you guys heard me on the Patreon say, I do not fuck with Larsa. I don't get her. To me, she's like a girl's girl who will also not hesitate to stab you in the back. You know what I mean? Like a real mean girl kind of vibe like to me she has a lot of girlfriends but I don't know if has ever had a real friendship and a real relationship you know there just doesn't seem like a whole lot there there but you know what she found something she found a personality deep in the closet of her old house with Scottie Pippen and she pulled it out for this new apartment and I'm loving it I really really um well am I loving Larson I'm loving watching her I'm loving watching her. That's for sure. She's, she's activated herself in a, in a really uh, refreshing, refreshing way. So when we meet, uh, Larsa this season, she is, she's moved. She and Scotty lived in this house in Miami for 17 years. They're now divorced. Everything's finalized. And she's moved into this. I think she said five bedroom penthouse apartment in this like luxury ultra luxe high rise. She says, I'm super proud of myself. I was able to get this on my own accord with my own money. I didn't even have to use my divorce money to get this. Let the record reflect. This is mine. And so she decides to plan a housewarming party. So before this housewarming party, she gets wind from, I believe, Kiki that, or no, she, she's friends with Gertie. She's got a really fl- close friendship with Gertie. So episode one. Lisa has lunch with Gertie and somebody else and Lisa makes mention about how there's this Instagram account who makes like Miami jokes, right? Like Miami specific jokes. One of the Instagram posts was about the luxury high rises and the stereotypical people who live in the high rises, right? And she thought, Lisa saw, thought she saw a post in which they were talking about Lars's apartment being for the sex workers, the coke dealers, the OnlyFans people, this, that, and the third. Now, I was a little bit confused because I think Lisa says later that that wasn't the building. It was not actually Lars's building. She just thought it was. <laughs> but... Gertie ends up telling Larsa about this, like, oh, you know, she said your apartment is for, you know, classic telephone where it just boils down to, oh, Lisa said this is like, this is where the hoes are at, basically. (laughs) So she invites Lisa to her housewarming party. She fucking killed me. Because Lisa doesn't know that Larsa knows that she said this, right? So when Lisa walks through the door, she's like, "Oh, I got my bottle of Vouvray Clicquot for you. Welcome, congratulations on your redone home. Just kidding, on your home, and um, you know, happy to be here." And Larsa goes, "Yeah, welcome to the hood." And Lisa goes, what do you mean, welcome to the head? She's like, oh, no, I heard you were talking shit about my house. So it's just so interesting to me because you rent your house, you and Lenny, every weekend for $40,000 a month to pay off your mortgage. But I bought this all on my own, and I'm really proud of that. So why are you coming for me about my place when you guys, you know, are lining your pockets with music video money every weekend? And so now this becomes a huge fight between Lisa and Larsa over a damn mortgage because Lisa claims I don't have a mortgage on my home. I've got an $80 million home, no mortgage. We don't, we're in the clear. Don't come for me. I don't have a mortgage. I don't have to rent out my place. Now, having a mortgage and stuff is public information. So (laughs) why Larsa has it, I'm not sure. I don't know however she managed to procure this information but it seems like lisa's lying because they interview everybody else on the cash damn near and they're all like oh yeah like everybody knows this i have friends who have been to the house like they have parties They have, they shoot music videos there. They have events there. Like, yeah, this is common knowledge. Everybody knows that. But Lisa's adamant. We don't do that. We don't have to do that. I don't know what you're talking about. You're trying to tear down my family. I I can't have this. And thank God. Thank God. Most of them are like, nobody cares that you have a mortgage, girl. Like, that's not an issue. Even if you're rich, people, rich people have mortgages. Like, why are you being so defensive about this? So they're fighting about this at Larsa's home, home housewarming party elsewhere. They're fighting about it at Alexia's wedding reception on the yacht. Lisa's running around trying to get the staff of the boat to add. Larsa needs to walk the plank. Sir, is there a plank here? Is there a plank? Because somebody needs to walk the plank. Larsa, Larsa, you need to walk the plank. Somebody get a plank for Larsa to walk off. (laughs) The girls are trying to be like, this is Alexia's moment. Do you guys not remember all the fucked up shit that she had to go through to get this wedding? Can we not fight on this yacht, please? Please. They end up rectifying. We'll have to put a pin in that for uh, Lisa's storyline, which will coming up in a second. But uh, Larsa's like... I'm an independent woman who isn't living high off the hog off of Scottie Pippen's money like everybody thinks. I'm a businesswoman. It makes me feel good to make my own money. And so that's why I have Larson Marie Jewelry. I have my OnlyFans. I have uh, another business. And I also have a dog collar uh, business that I'm investing in with my trainer. <laughs> my dog trainer for my my gold noodle king. Um So... She's investing in some sort of GPS tracking invisible fence dog collar with some dude named Jazz. And, uh, yeah, good for her. So she has a birthday party for King wrapped up in this. I'm hawking my <laughs> dog collars to everybody. And Alexia, I think says, can we just have one event of Lars's that doesn't involve her businesses? Like, can we have a bar, a one party, please? But then we find out more about Larsa and how she went to college as a poli sci major, a political science major looking to go into law. So now we know, now we know why she and Kim got along and why they were friends for so long. Their love of the legal system and the whole process. Anyway, um, she says that, yeah, she was looking to be a lawyer, but Scotty scooped her and she became a wife and a mother instead. At one point in a confessional, she goes, What am I supposed to do now that my kids are all grown up? Like, sit around and take selfies all day? I mean, I I do that, but I can do other things too. And finally, let's end it up with Lisa. Oh, wow. Where to even begin? Right from Trump, it's clear that things were bad between she and Lenny. I mean, we knew this. We knew this last season when she kept trying to, like, push the issue of we're so happy, we're so happy. Lenny, aren't we happy? Lenny? Lenny, aren't we happy? Stop looking at your phone, Lenny. Aren't we happy? And he's like, gritted teeth, and he's like, "Yep, so happy. I am very in love with you, and I'm not fucking miserable." Mm-hmm. That's right, Lisa. So Lisa's opening up the season. I mean, it is giving Sheena trying to act like she and Shay are not about to get divorced when they were, like, divorced 15 minutes later. Do you remember that? How she was like, oh, Shay's in the studio. He's sober. He's great. Our relationship is better than ever. It's perfect. It's hotter. We're on the same page. I can't believe marriage could be like this. And then 10 minutes later, (laughs) Lisa, (gasps) he took money out of my account. We're getting a divorce. Uh, so, yeah, Lisa's telling all the ladies, Lenny's working out. He's looking better than ever. His veneers are perfect. Um, that, like, perfect stark white. Couldn't get him any whiter. It's the whitest one on the chart. And he's got all this energy. And I just can't believe this man. He's lost 16 pounds. He looks great. We're also not really having sex. But, you know, the, no big deal. No big deal. To which Kiki is like, mmm. mm. <laughs> Jim Halpert face in the camera, like, well, huh. Sorry, I think that was maybe it was Gertie. She says in a confessional, you know, he's got all this energy, but he's not giving it to you. He's giving it to somebody else. Make no mistake. He's definitely putting that energy somewhere else. So then Lenny and Lisa have this really awkward conversation about putting their son into Jewish school. Lenny's Jewish. Uh, you know, that's part of the heritage, something that Lisa really wants to embrace. So they're at dinner, or they're at home having dinner with Lenny's mom, their kid Logan. Logan's like, yeah, I, I want to go to Jewish school. So Lisa's like, yeah, absolutely. So they're all sitting down for like borscht or something. But first they wanted to, they have a this like very bougie glass uh wine cellar, right? That you have to, do a key code to enter into it or something. Lisa's trying to get wine for the dinner, but the key code's not working for whatever reason. So Lenny's trying to get it fixed. So they're sitting down and um, oh, thank God they had emergency wine somewhere else in the, in the wine refrigerator in the kitchen. So fear not, but Lenny's able to like, I guess he's like reaching out to the guy about the tech of it all. And he's like, Oh, so Lisa's trying to say, we really need to consider getting Logan into Jewish school. Lenny keeps looking at his phone. Lenny, I'm talking about something that's very important here. Can you put your phone down? Oh, well, I was texting with the uh, the wine cellar guy. I was just letting him know that we got it open. Didn't you want it open? Yeah, okay. Awkward. Very, very awkward, right? So then Lisa calls Alexia. They do a FaceTime together talking about, like, The family finances. She's still harping on this mortgage thing. We don't have a mortgage. So she tells Alexia, I do our family's finances. I know what's coming in and out. I, you know, if anybody knows about who has a mortgage, it should be me. But Alexia is like, mm mm. I feel like Lisa's very much in the dark about her situation with Lenny. Like this, things aren't adding up. So then we get to episode three. Lenny. And Lisa have this very performative, romantic dinner out in their backyard. You know, chefs, the whole situation, right? And they're truly, like, performing happy wife, happy life situation. But the camera makes sure we see every time that Lenny kind of glances down at his phone. or he's, like, scrolling through. And Lisa's like, hey, Lenny, can you stop looking at your phone? The, The chef is explaining what we're eating or... Lenny, can you put your phone down? Lenny, why are you looking at your phone? So then, like, things are kind of okay. But she starts telling L- L- Lenny about the argument that she got in with Larsa over their mortgage. And, you know, I really have empathy for Larsa because she's just getting divorced after 21 years. And, gosh, I couldn't imagine being in that situation at this point. So I really feel for her. And Lenny's just like, uh-huh. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah, that really sucks for her. Can't can't relate to that at all. So then Lisa says that what she failed to mention in all of this uh, mortgage conversation because it got too crazy was that they have a home equity line of credit open. So Lenny says, yeah, I just opened that three or four years ago thinking it'll just be like a little nest egg in case we need to dip, dip into it. But I haven't touched it. We have a zero balance on it. I haven't taken any money out of it. Then things take a turn at this dinner because somebody rushes out and tells Lisa, your nanny just slipped and fell. I think she broke her arm. So, you know, they're going, they're rushing back into the house. And I think she ended up saying that she slipped in the tub. But, uh, so they're like, they're like trying to figure out. Now, Lenny's a doctor. Let's make this abundantly clear before we talk about this. So, Lisa is like, I need to call 911. Let me call 911. She gets her phone. She's like trying to call. And Lenny's like, no, we're not calling 911. This is not an ambulance situation. She just broke her wrist, maybe. He didn't even really go look at her, this doctor. I know he's a plastic surgeon, but you have to know basic first aid, right? Cold as ice. Cold as the ice he told her to get. For her wrist. So he's like, listen, we're not going to call the ambulance over 911. She can just call an Uber. We can have somebody take her. Something like that. But we're not calling. This is not an ambulance situation. Just put some ice on it and get her to the ER. So he, like, wants nothing to do with this situation. Like I said, he's not even. She's like, this lady's behind the door. So we never really see her. We see Lisa kind of go back there, but Lenny, I don't think really ever attended to this woman at all. So Lisa's like, you know what, Lenny, don't worry about it. I'll figure it out. And also like, how fucking cold is it to be like, we'll call her an Uber. So now she's got to sit there and wait. Lisa's even trying to break the fourth wall by being like, Hey, um, somebody production. Can you guys take her to the hospital? Like somebody, (laughs) they're not responding to her. So, she tells Lenny to just leave. And so they're standing like by the kitchen, right? Where the chefs are working on their food. So Lenny leaves the kitchen and he kind of walks off and she goes, Lisa goes over to the chefs and is like, I should call the ambulance, right? Like, isn't that what you would do? they're like, yeah, I mean, that's what I would do, but (laughs) I'm not in it. But Lenny overhears her saying this to them. So he comes back and he snaps and he's like, You calling 911 would be an abuse of power. So you need to listen to me. Do you hear me? Don't call 911. Have somebody take a car. Like, do not do that. Now, while I don't disagree with him about the ambulance, the fact that this man is a whole ass doctor and left the nanny lying on the floor when he couldn't just be bothered to drive her to the hospital to himself or at least grab some ice, out of the ice bucket and wrap it up for her is wild. And if all that evidence wasn't enough, that things are fucked up between Lisa and Lenny. She announces that they're definitely about to get divorced because she's planning a um, new beginnings, good vibes party. Just like the kiss of death. So episode four ends with the hot mic moment to end all hot mic moments. Like I thought I knew all of what was said. And then watching this episode, I was like, Oh damn, I didn't hear all that. This is even more shocking than I thought. So they're having this new beginnings, good vibes party. She's making Lenny wear a matching pink top with her. They're taking pictures. Lenny, put your arm around my waist, please make it look like we're in love. Because we are, right, babe? Kissy kissy. Yeah. So there's this guy walking around named Vito. I guess this is like a family friend. So part of this, by the way, is a lot of conversation about the types of parties that Lisa and Lenny tend to have. Lisa says in a confessional, "Me and Lenny are not on the same page about our parties. I like to have parties where we invite you know, people we know, people that we enjoy hanging out with. It's a more intimate thing. That sort of thing. But Lenny likes to just invite any and every uh half-dressed woman uh to come, like, he's, like, fucking DJ Khaled in the club or something. And it's just very different. So a lot of the other women make mention of this, too. A lot of the conversation about, yeah, the types of parties that Lenny has is just, like... Girls in bikinis or girls with no clothes on or young, sexy girls, people that they don't even seemingly know, like a real high roller kind of lifestyle. And it's very weird for a married couple to be doing that when it doesn't seem like they're even on the same page about it, right? So during this New Beginnings party, Julia kind of has a breakdown about her situation with Martina, which Lisa ends up finding her having this emotional moment. Right. And she's trying to give her advice about how, you know, marriage has their ups and downs, but you know, you just stick to it. And you know, at the end of the day, you got to realize that the grass isn't always greener on the other side. I mean, she is just like digging herself a grave with every word. So Alisa's talking to Julia. Uh, sorry. Uh, Lenny is inside with Vito. Now, they're family boxer, Jax, and just recently passed away. And so that was, you know, a thing, right? So the first they're talking about Jax, Lenny and Vito are talking about Jax, and then the cameras cut. So the guys are in the kitchen, just like having this conversation and the cameras will move away. So then they start whispering because they still mic'd up. So Vito says, you know, in the next couple of weeks, I'll officially be single. And Lenny whispers back, yeah, I think in a couple of months, I'm going to be two. So then Vito says, yeah, I mean, I've heard some things, but I hadn't really heard anything specific between like you and Lisa having issues. Right. So Lenny says, yeah, I mean, the issues between Lisa are the same as they've always been. Like I wasn't I wasn't really sure what he was saying. It sounded like he was saying, Lisa says that she gets to do whatever she wants, but Lenny just gets to go to, like, work and come home, and, like, he's just very, like, one-track mind about things. That has been a conversation that they've been having for years, and it's been an issue, right? So Vito's like, dang, I just... uh, I really would hate to see you guys break up. I don't want to hear that. But Lenny's like, well... We've been talking about it. We've been talking about breaking up for a long time now. And I, Lenny, would like to see that happen. <laughs> so then, you guys, Vito's like, oh, can he hear us? And the he that Vito was referring to is Logan, Lenny and Lisa's son, who's in the room as they're having a conversation where daddy's talking about, I want to leave mommy. So Lemmy's like, oh, no, he's playing his video game. Like, don't worry about it. Whatever. Right. Um, so then they keep talking. They keep talking. Oh, my God. So then Vito asks him, are you still sleeping with Lisa? He's like, no, 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 nope. not happening. And then he says, I can't really, because at this point it would be considered cheating on the person that I actually care about. Ah! <laughs> a knife to the fucking kidneys. As Cody Brown so famously said. So Vito asked Lenny, does anybody know about this woman? He's like, no, no, no. Nobody knows. Not a chance. But then Vito's like, oh shit, are you mic'd up? And Lenny goes, yeah, that's why I'm whispering. Lenny, dog. <laughs> so the ladies have been suspecting that something's going on with Lisa. But then Nicole has a party on her boat. Lisa's supposed to go. Doesn't come up. They're waiting for her. She's not answering her phone. Doesn't show up. Then Lisa planned this trip to Key West with the rest of the ladies, right? This is her trip. And... They decide to, Nicole decides to get her husband or fiance to fly them down. It's going to be a 20 minute flight. They can skip the traffic. So most of them are on this flight. They're waiting for Lisa. 30 minutes, an hour. They're waiting two hours. Anthony's getting pissed off. Like, this is my plane. I, 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 I'm a lawyer. I'm not like here just carting you guys around. I got shit to do. This is really disrespectful. So Lisa ends up on the plane. Things are very strange they get to Key West, and at one point, Lisa's on the phone with her nanny, saying, that like, the nanny's sick. So the nanny, the first nanny, OG nanny, has broken her wrist. So they've, like, tried to find replacement people, but it hasn't really been consistent or working. So now she's getting a phone call from this, like, de facto nanny, who's like, yo, I'm feeling sick, I really need to go home. So Lisa's now, like, two hours away, three hours away, trying to figure out uh, child care for her kids. She ends up calling Lenny, who says you know, I'm trying to figure something out, but you might need to come home after work and take care of the kids. And he's like, yeah, yeah, but, you know, I've really got this tennis match that I want to do, so, you know, if I have to, I'll come home. But really, if you could work on finding something, I would really, really prefer that. And so Lisa's like, yeah, I am, but I'm calling you to let you know that that's probably not going to happen. You're probably going to have to watch your children, and you probably should. Like, I truly cannot believe you're making such a big deal about a tennis match when our children don't have childcare. And he's like, "Yeah, no, no, I'll definitely be there." What I'm just saying to, to you is that you need to find literally anybody else because I really want to do this tennis thing. <laughs> so Natalie's is really pissed. She starts crying, like, "I cannot believe you're saying this to me. Fuck the tennis. Be with your kids." So she gets off the phone. The ladies are by the pool. I mean, it, hilarious moments. We gotta set the scene. So there's a pool. And they're in, like, by the way, uh, a, a location that is, like, very Key West. Like, it's giving old people. I saw, I think, one woman, two women had to share a room that had two twin beds in it. Like, these are hotel rooms. Like, a little condo situation. I even feel like the Housewives of Potomac could be like, mm, it's a little... Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. (laughs) It's it's giving three star. But I had to give props to all those ladies because I didn't see one of them complaining about the accommodations and or saying anything about that. So Larsa was perfectly happy to sleep in that twin bed and good on her for that. I appreciate a team player. Um, but anyway, so the ladies were by this pool, right? And there's like a bar situation on one side and a cabana situation on the other. So they had on the bar all this food set up. Sushi, drinks, whatever. And most of the ladies go and grab their food and go over to these cabanas. So... Adriana and Julia were kind of the last people to get to the food. So they're like, you know what? Let's just sit over by the bar, eat our food, you know, put something on our stomach and then we'll go back and and talk to them in a second. We'll go and join the ladies later. Right? So Lisa comes out and she's like fully like, it is clear that something is going on. So she's like, you know what, you guys, I'm not happy. Okay. Okay. Things are really going on behind the scenes with my relationship. And I just like, I think that, I think that this might be the end. Things are not okay. And so they're like, what's going on? Like, I think we're getting a divorce. Is there another woman involved? Yes. And Alexia. (laughs) Alexia, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it every time. Get her ass. Alexia was so pissed. She was like, we need to get this man. They're all telling her. Do not leave your house. You better go to that house and do not leave because he will try to kick you out, change the locks, bitch. Claim, stand your ground. So Lisa, now that she's letting it out, she is just hitting one bomb after the other. There's another woman involved. He's dating her. He's calling her his girlfriend. She's been lurking around for a while now, coming to our parties, showing up at our house, hanging out. Then... Lenny's trying to kick us out, telling me to find a house for me and the kids. Otherwise, if they stay at their house, they will all be a party, a front row seat to his new relationship with his girlfriend, kids included. You can all get it. Bitch. So Lisa breaks it down by saying that in a confessional at their Good Vibes party. That was that took place on a Saturday. Something was weird on Sunday. Monday, Lisa confronts Lenny. What's going on? You're acting weird. And he's like, I want a divorce. And then to tap it all off, Lisa pulls up her phone and reveals that this woman is still following her on Instagram. At that moment. And then Lisa says that she called this girl... And was like, yo, I heard you're with Lenny. And the girl was like, who'd you hear that from? And Lisa said, from Lenny. (laughs) And she had to be like, well, you need to talk to your husband about that. And this bitch is still following her on Instagram, even after she called her and confronted her about sleeping with her husband. Unbelievable. And if you think that would be enough, it's not. So keep in mind, Adriana and Julia are still at the bar. And they're seeing all of this commotion happening, thinking that the girls are getting into a fight. So they're like, Mm-mm, we're not going to be over there. Let's just finish this sushi and uh, have a good time. Because we're not, whatever drama is happening, we don't want to be part of it. But finally they go over there and they're like, what's going on? They notice Lisa's upset. And Andrea goes, don't tell me you're getting a divorce. <laughs> Oh, my God. Okay, so then she gets crazier. I cannot believe this. So later that night, Lisa's on the phone with her mother-in-law, Lenny's mama, Marina. Lenny's mother. This is Lenny's mother that she's talking to. Marina, we find out came to the house, to Lenny and Lisa's house, to, like, watch the kids, make sure everything's okay, you know, smooth sailing while Lisa's gone and while all of this upheaval is happening in real time, right? She says, the Rolls Royce is gone. She's on speaker at this point. The Rolls Royce is gone. Lenny kicked us out of the house. Y'all, Lenny kicked his mother and his two babies out of the house. So she's trying to figure out what's happening. The Rolls Royce is driven by a driver, as we find out. So then Marina's noticing this Rolls Royce is gone. The Rolls Royce pulls back up, and Marina happens to notice there's a woman in the back seat. So now they're all figuring out that Lenny was trying to use this, this probably this tennis, uh, mash that he was having was actually inviting this woman over to his marital home. So that he could play happy family with her. This is the fuck weird. Like, as a, now now listen, I make no mistake. I feel like it's kind of a 60-40 thing when you're cheating. Maybe even 70-30. If you're the married person, if you're the person who made a promise to be monogamous with somebody, it's on you. To keep that going, it's not really on the person who you're cheating with. That's just my opinion. With that being said, I also think it's profoundly weird to have this woman want to be in the house so badly and to move in so quickly and to move into this other, like, you're moving into another woman's house another family's home and you don't think that's weird that doesn't make you uncomfortable and I've been saying this about men who like don't give a fuck about their kids and enter into these new relationships how do you feel comfortable with that and how do you like if you want to have kids not think or worry that that you're going to be next that you're going to be the next woman who's being kicked out of her house while you're on a girl's trip And your kids don't have any childcare. Like, this is downright cold behavior. And nothing about this is romantic to me. (laughs) Like, that's weird. Like, if I was in this whirlwind relationship with a guy who was married, uh, God forbid, right? But, like, and it got to the point where we were, like, serious. I feel like we need, you're rich. You can find us in a little other home. I don't want to sleep in this bitch's bed. I got to move her stuff out of the closet to make way for my stuff? No. That's fucking weird. So Lisa calls Lenny and goes off. Goes off. She's like, I'm having somebody come over to the house right now. If they see that bitch in my house, you're going to have a fucking problem. (laughs) I said, I know that's right. It's going to be a real fucking problem. Um, Then Lisa tries to get her nanny to get messy with her because now we're finding out that uh lenny has told the nanny and the kids to stay out in the guest house while he is like chasing this bitch around in the main house lisa's trying to get her i need you to go into the main house go into that bedroom and see if anything's there and the nanny's like wasn't girl i (laughs) not in my job description not in my job description (laughs) So, this brings me to the last and final and funniest thing that Gertie said. So, a producer asked a couple of the women, Are you surprised about Lenny? Like, where are you coming from with this? So, Lars is like, I want to know what's going on with Lenny's mind because it seems like he's lost it. What is going on? And then Alexia's like, gosh, I'm just, like, super disappointed in Lenny. But then a producer asks, Gertie, did you feel like Lenny was capable of doing something like this? And she goes, yes, I think so. I mean, like, just the shape of his head, you could tell he was up to no good. (laughs) Like, you know, some guys, they just have that, like, that shape, but you could just tell. Like, it's bald guys. I think it's bald guys cheat. And she goes, oh, sorry, to this guy off camera. She's like, I'm sorry, you're bald. But you probably cheat. And he goes, no, I don't. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> She's right, though. There is something about his head shape that does give cheater. I can't deny you that, Gertie. Okay, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be. I'll be doing recaps of Miami soon for the monday episodes more than likely so check that out but yeah we'll be back next week with potomac and salt lake city and uh yeah i hope you guys have a great weekend